This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3562 for Tuesday, the 29th of March, 2022. Today's show is entitled, Creating a New Project with Haskell and Stack. It is part of the series Haskell. It is hosted by Tuku Toro Toe and is about 21 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is Tutorto explains how to create a new Haskell project and build it. Hello, this is Tula Turto and you're listening to the Hacker Public Radio. Today's episode is about how to set up a new Haskell project. And as an example, we are going to write a tiny card game. Uh, this episode won't contain all the code for the card game because it would take... It, the episode would be just so long, but we'll get started today and continue later on. So, today we'll, we'll set up our project. So, uh, we are going to use Stack. And Stack is a cross-platform program for developing Haskell projects. There's a, a link into the, in the show notes leading to the Stack's homepage. So what does Stack do? It can, among other things, it can install GHE, that's the Glasgow Haskell compiler, automatically, and in an isolated location. So it, if you are developing multiple projects that uses different versions of the GHE, Stack will help you to manage that situation. It will also install the packages that your project need, again, in an isolated, isolated location, and it will build your project, test your project, and benchmark your project. This benchmarking part is actually something that I haven't done yet, but all the other previously mentioned, yes. So, uh, our, our uh, game will be called at Residential. It will be a turn-based card game and it will run in a console, so don't expect any fancy graphics. We want to write it in a console as a text mode to to keep things as simple as possible because if you are writing your first Haskell game, it is a really good idea not to start with something huge, but something small, manageable, that you can finish in a couple of weeks or in a month or two. So, our game is called Treasure Dungeon. I will go through rules a little bit later, but the idea is that you have a deck of cards, you flip them one by one, and there's a special event that you, your character has to deal with. And your character will have some items and stats that will help them to overcome the obstacles. But first we need a project, and after installing the stack, I'm not going to through through that because that might that is a platform dependent and that might change. So if you're installing stack, please refer to the stack's homepage for the instructions for that. But now that we have installed it, we are going to open a new terminal window, change into some suitable directory and use stack to create our project. So we write stack new Thresher Dungeon Rio. And this will create a new directory, Thresher Dungeon, and initialized content of that using a Rio template. Rio is a standard library that I have recently started using. There's a links in the show notes to the homepage of the Rio and nice tutorial that I read through if you want to learn a little bit more. We will cover only the very basics while writing the game. But the Rio is a, a replacement for the for the Prelude, which is the standard library that comes with the Haskell, 
And it's partly it's a standard library, partly it's a framework for writing your games. Uh, sorry, programs. And it will it uh, will give you a structure of a program where you can do things like locking and passing configuration easily. But anyway, uh, now that we have created the, our project, we want to edit because, of course, it's a default settings that the template uses. So, change to the pressure dungeon directory that the stack created and have a look at the package.yaml. That's a, uh, this contains a metadata for our project. And there's a, it is pretty sensible, but we want to change a couple of things in the beginning of the file. There's a section called git. That should point to your public repository if you have one. License is a machine readable info about the license terms. Auto is where your name goes. And maintainer is the person who is current, currently maintaining the project. That is you again. And then the copyright information goes into the copyright. And then there's the executable section a little bit down. And there our game is called pressure-dungeon-exe. So I, rem I removed the dash exe. So I want our executable to be called just a pressure-dungeon. And I have a repository at the online. There's a link in the show notes. If you want to have a look how the package.yam looks in my project. And now that we have finished the package.yam, we are going to have a look at the stack.yam. There's a, this is a, another file. And this uh, tells, among other things, what resolver to use. There's a section called resolver, and we are going to change it to some suitable resolver. I, I uh, used LTS-18.27. So this specifies which set of libraries to use. There's a uh, web page, Stackage, there's a, again, link in the show notes, that uh, hosts a curated set of packages. So because uh, there's a lot of of different kinds of packages in the Haskell, and some of those depend on each other. Managing the dependencies by hand might be a bit tricky if you want to. Uh, for example, package A might depend on the package B, and package C may depend on the package B, and if you want to use the A and C packages, both depending on the B, you have to find a version of the A and C that, have, that depend on the version uh, package B in a way that all the dependencies are uh, satisfied. So A doesn't uh, depend on too new or too old version of the package compared to the package B. And uh, Stackage can do that uh, stack, uh, for you. So they, they, they have created set of packages that they are testing and building. And when you choose a Resolver, you are choosing a certain set of packages. There's a, for each package, there might be multiple versions available within, within each resolver. So you're not going to pick just one, but you are, you are basically have a range of packages that are on your disposal. But uh, 
uh, we don't really have to worry about this much. We just we just uh, our LTS resolve, LTS stands for the uh, long-term support, meaning that this package, uh, curated package set, will be available for quite a while. So this is this is this is a good choice for us. Okay, and final final step is to edit readme.md to suit your needs. Basically, write write a little blurb about what you are, uh, what kind of program you are writing, and if there's any interesting information or how to build it and how to compile it and how to run it, things like that. And the, uh, earlier when we were editing the package YAML, I think, yeah, package YAML, it links to the README using the, uh, our, uh, I think it, it comes via Git. I don't remember, actually, actually quite sure. Maybe I can quickly check. But I remember that the package YAML has a section for the README somewhere. Yeah. It has the tag called description, and it just a link links to the. In in my case, it, it just says, "Please see the readme at codeberg at and then the link, and it gives direct link to the readme file in the repository. So the readme.md that we edit will be if you upload to the codeberg, it will be the one that the package.yaml is pointing to. This way we don't have to write description twice. This is pretty nifty, nifty thing to do. Okay, now we have a, now we have created a, a project, we have edited some of the meta, metadata, and now we are ready to get started with that. So, first step is to build it. This is done on the terminal writing stack build. Two words. And this will build the example code that the template inserted into our into our project. There's a one library called, in this this case, called a Treasure Dungeon, and then there's a one executable, but that is by default called Treasure Dungeon exe. But I I edited it to read the Treasure Dungeon. So the library and the exe can actually be named. In the, with the identical names. So, uh, stack build will build our project and it will take a little bit of time depend, depending, uh, this project is small so it shouldn't take a long. When it has finished and if everything went correctly, we can start our executable with stack exec dash dash treasure dungeon or treasuredungeon.exe if we wouldn't have edited the name. And this will print a little message on screen and exit. So this just makes sure that the, uh, our project works. We can also turn on the verbose locking by starting the project with stack exec dash dash treasuredungeon dash dash verbose to greater than lock.txt. This won't print anything on the screen, but it will create lock.txt txt file that will have the same information as before with some timestamps. So the, uh, that 
two greater than at the end of our command tells uh, our computer to redirect the std error standard error stream into the log.txt file uh, rio is set up in a way that you can uh, use log commands to log and then then it has some commands for writing into the files but it doesn't actually have a command on writing directly on screen by default so for our game we have to import functions for that from the prelude but we will look into that later so everything that is outputted on the screen in our example now is actually login done by the program you if you want, you can have a look at the files and see how 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 it is done. Anyway, uh, and the, uh, another useful command is stack test, which will compile and run tests for the project. The template comes with couple silly tests that don't do much. That's they're just an example. And I don't think we will look that much into the testing in this 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 time or later later time. There's an episode I did earlier about testing in Haskell that is very 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 uh, applicable in, in this situation too. So you could have a look at at that if you are interested in the in the testing. But stack test runs the tests. And then if you want to clean up your project of the inter intermediate files, you can just use stack clean. After this, you have to build the program again with stack build. Some, sometimes you you might want to, especially when you are uh, trying to remove all the warnings from, the, from your code, because uh, stack does uh, incremental builds. So, I mean, GHC does incremental builds too, of course. But when you uh, build the project for the first time, it will compile all the files. And after that, it will only compile the files that you have changed and the ones that are directly or indirectly depending on those changed files. So it won't compile everything. And if you are trying to uh, clean up some errors from, uh, not errors, but warnings from your project, if you uh, if a warning is in a file that you have already compiled, but you haven't edited, you are not going to see that, that one again, that warning, until you clean the project and rebuild everything, and then you see all the warnings that the uh, compiler is emitting to you. I like to keep the code as free from the errors as possible. Basic, basically, my goal is to always keep, the, keep it at the zero error, uh, zero warnings, sorry, warnings obviously zero errors too but zero warnings because as soon as you start having warnings in your code it's a usually it's a compiler telling telling you that that it thinks that you are doing something funny and you should have a look at it and fix things so that you don't get a runtime exceptions for example like you might also you might have a code that nobody is using Nobody's calling, so the compiler compiler will emit that there's a there's a functions defined here. Nobody's calling this, and that is a warning to you. 
thinking that is this a dead code? Should I just remove it completely? Because if there's a code that nobody calls, there's really no point of keeping it in the project and maintaining unless you are unless you have a definite uh, plans for using that later. Another uh, thing is uh, if you are using uh, doing pattern matching, you're basically basically taking some data and telling the writing the program that if the data is in this pattern, then do this thing, and in this pattern, do this thing. Sometimes you miss a pattern, so the pattern match isn't complete. There's a case of there's a some some form of data that your program isn't handling. So compiler will emit a warning about that because if while running the program it encounters that type of data, it will crash, and that is of course bad. So we want to keep our code as free from warnings as possible, especially if we have a, more than one people working on the code. Then, then it's important so that every that nobody has to remember that these three warnings are okay. We don't have to worry about this. It's much easier when you don't have to worry, remember such a things. Just keep code free of warnings. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, okay. That's that, that's about. But we are going to use about stack. So there's a stack new for creating a new project. Then there's a stack uh, build for building it. Stack exit for executing our binaries. If we have binaries, we might be writing a library. And then, of course, we don't have binaries. Then there could be a or executable. Uh, then there's a stack test for running tests. And stack clean for cleaning the, cleaning the intermediate files. Uh, final thing before finishing, uh, we, are, we are going to have a look at the project 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 structure. There's a three directories in the in our project: app, src, and test. App contains the code for our executable. This is where this is where we will be placing a big portion of the code. This is basically uh, where the uh, code that deals with the outside world. Is going to go. So this is this is about printing on the screen and asking user input. It's going to tell the user what what is the situation and it's asking what what do you want to do next and then it, it is handling user responses. SRC contains code for our library. This is this is where we, we this is where we will be placing code that codifies the rules of the game. And we want we are going to keep this part of the program free from the interactions with the outside world. So these are, if you're familiar with the terms pure and impure code, this is the pure part. And the, uh, it doesn't mean that the another part is filthy or nasty. It just means that impure just means that it's something that is, has side effects. Usually it is dealing with the outside world. So SRC contains code that doesn't deal with the outside world. This is just pure, you you could think that it's a pure mathematics. It's just a data comes in, function uh, does something and returns a, a response. That's it. Nothing else. Data in, data out. No printing on the screen or reading, reading the uh, data on the hard drive or calling the fax machine or anything. And the third directory is test. This is where the tests live. We are, like I said, we are not going to 
good match with this. Okay, uh, in closing, we started our game, card game project. It doesn't do much yet. It prints some funny message on the screen and that's it. But we already have an executable that we can build and run. So now we have stuff and only thing left is to modify that program to look more like a game. And next time we will look into how to roll a new character, because of course we are going to have a, some dice rolling so that we have a randomly generated character with a couple stats, and then maybe even getting them equipped. equipped. Like maybe giving them some gear before they venture into the treasure dungeon. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach me by uh, via email or at the Fediverse, where I'm tuturto at tech.lgtp. Or even better, you could write uh, and record your own episode. Ad Astra. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.